Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. All right. Hey, good morning, church. How are we doing today? Your faces look nice. That's good. Hope you had a good, a good New Year, a, new ho- a good holiday. We got a little snow, so I know it took a little longer to, to get in this morning probably than, than usual. Uh, we, had a good, we had a good Christmas and New Year's. I'll tell you what, I've never gotten so many puzzles since probably three years old after referencing something on, in a sermon of, of my maybe distaste for puzzles. So I want to begin today, I want to share with you some other things I don't like, okay? Uh, I do not like gift cards for Kristen and I to go out on dates. Um, I don't like single origin whole bean coffee, uh, Ethiopian or uh, maybe a light roast. Do not like that. Do not send that my way. So just to keep in the back of your mind for, for other things that I don't like when you want to frustrate your pastor but it truly is good to be with you this morning, and at any rate, we're, we're headed into a new year. Here we are, and, and I, I think God gives us the annual cycle of a calendar as a gift. I really do. I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, we can use this as an opportunity to, to transition or to change some things. It gives us an opportunity, a cause to pause, to reflect on the year that was, and then press in to what's ahead. And in, 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 our, in, our, in our world where on this side of eternity we're bound by time, we're bound by, by our physical nature, that we have this annual cycle where we, can, where we can reflect and we can see and we can pursue and we can train, tra- transition and, and change some things. And uh, hopefully some of those New Year's resolutions aren't already in the rearview mirror. Uh, maybe we're, hopefully they're, they're just starting to, to ramp up. But since I formally became your pastor back in March, this Sunday and in this month has been uh, in the back of my mind, it's been in the back of my prayers for a while because it's something that I've, uh, I've prayed would be become part of our, uh, the rhythms of the culture of our church. And it's this, it's this season of praying first. It's this season of seeking the Lord first that, 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 that today, the first Sunday uh, of the first month, of, of, of this year, that we would begin centering ourselves on prayer, we would center ourselves on the kingdom of God. You know, if there's one place where you start this whole year in scripture, uh, read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Just Jesus's sermon and, and, and his heart for his people and, and, and who we might become. Um, today, our, our scripture is actually out of there. I want to I I share because Jesus, he's, he's walking through this, and then we're about halfway through, uh, maybe a little bit more on the Sermon on the Mount, and, uh, where, he's, where, he's, where he's talking about a, a better way to live, a better way to, to be more like me. And, 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 and so then he, he's talking about anxiety and, and fear. And I don't know what this next year holds for you, if it's anxiety-ridden or, or fear-driven or, or whatever that is, but... But hear, hear the word uh, of the Lord. He says, don't worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? It just got done saying, hey, listen, the Lord, the Lord clothes the lilies of the valley and he, he takes care of the birds and the, of the air and all of these things, so don't worry. 
don't worry in this. For the Gentiles, the world eagerly seek all of these things. They, they worry about all this stuff, right? They, they wonder, what's going to happen with me and what's going to do this? And, and they try to put it in their own hands. But don't worry about these things. For your heavenly Father knows what you need in all of these things. And he says this, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things be added to you. I like this translation. It says, uh, it says, instead, make your top priority God's kingdom and his way of life, and all of these things will be given to you as well. That if we seek God first and make him our priority and make the kingdom of God our priority, then all the other things are just going to take care of themselves. Amen? If, if, you've, if you've seen that, if you've experienced it, if, you, if you've lived that, then you know this. And so how should we live? There's a better way to live. You know, I think when Jesus told his followers not to worry about tomorrow, you knew, he knew the task set before him. He, his, his life, I mean, he was going to end up on a cross. We, we, just, we just remembered that. We just celebrated that, right? But, but in all things and throughout his ministry and throughout his life, he had this just, this unhurried kingdom first mentality where he regularly retreated to be with the Lord. He regularly taught and prayed and sought after the Lord and, and he, he carried joy. Jesus was happy relatively. I mean, yeah, there's, there's times in scripture where he's, he's weeping and he's frustrated and he's mourning and he's doing some other things, but, but generally, the things that I read about Christ, it's like, that's, there's a reason people were following after him. There, it was a better way to live and because I think his priority was God's kingdom. He knew what was set before him and he knew where it was going to end up and despite that, he tells us, he tells the hearers, he says, he says, seek first the kingdom. Make your top priority God's kingdom and his way of life and all these things will be given to you. I like, I like what N.T. Wright writes here. He says, put the world first and you'll find it gets mothy in in your hands. But put God first and you'll get the world thrown in. That when we seek the kingdom first, all of these other things just begin to happen, right? The, the, the blessings of life, the richness of life. It's not this health and wealth kind of thing, but it's this provision that God promises us, a rich, blessed life of, 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 of knowing him more deeply and being in community. And it's, the, it's just the things that matter will be given to us when we seek after the kingdom, and so, yes, we plan. Yes, we plant. Yes, we're prudent. You know, I, I don't know if my wife's recovered or not yet. We, uh, we spent last Tuesday this past week, and we worked through a, a 45-day marriage guide on, on and had, hit every single area of, of our marriage and our kids and our values and, and, and where, what are we doing and where are we headed this year and what has the Lord done and how are we doing and, and so, uh, so I love that kind of stuff, but um, I don't know. I think it was, it was, yeah, it was daunting for her. I love the analytics and the, the, the financial stuff and being on the same page with stuff. So we plan. We're prudent, right? We're, we, 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 we focus on those things, but, but we seek first the kingdom through all of this. We seek first the kingdom of God. And the reality is we have, anxious, we have reason to be anxious, right? We, uh, it's, it's easy to allow that to come over us. It's easy to, to be tempted by anxiety or, or fear or frustration. You know, this, this year, I believe, will be a shaking year for our country. We have another election year, 
right? And so there's reason to, to be anxious. There's reason to, to, to slide into the mudslinging and the name-calling and whatever. But, but whose do you belong to and who do you abide in? And what are you seeking first? And is it God? Are you, are you seeking the kingdom first? Is he your top priority? Is he who you identify with first before you, before you go out, before you're sent? You know, my only prayer for my kids is that they would seek the Lord first in their life. Because I know success will come. I know because, because Christians are people of excellence. That's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to do. And so all these other things will happen if they just set their sights on Christ. That's my only prayer as a dad. And as your pastor, that's my only prayer for you. That's my main prayer. I've got a lot of prayers for, you, for all of us. But that's my primary prayer. Is that you wouldn't look to me or, or Justin or Dave or Brittany or anybody on staff here, but that, that, that you, would, you would seek first the kingdom of God and allow us to come alongside you and equip you and in your pursuit of righteousness, of Christ-likeness. And so we begin with our series, Pray First. Because if we're going to seek the kingdom first, then we pray first. Like this, it says, prayer is the lifeblood of our faith. This is why we do it. This is what we're called to do. If we're going to seek first the kingdom, then we need to pray first to our creator, to God. Prayer is the, the lifeblood of our, of our faith. I think, about, I think about a mother and a child in the womb and how, how the, the umbilical cord supplies all the nutrients, right? And it's this back and forth and, and back and forth and it sustains life, right? And, and the Lord just gave me this imagery this morning of like, Ben, this is, this is how I want prayer to be for my people, that we are tethered. We are tethered together, I with my creation, through prayer, that it is the lifeblood of our faith. It fuels us. It sustains us. It connects us to God. It it allows us to keep our faith alive, our hope strong, a relationship with God healthy. Really, prayer is simply just talking to God and listening, talking to God and listening, right? And, 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 And seeking after him. Prayer leads us, helps lead us to victory over anxiety and fear. Turn to Philippians 6. It talks about not being anxious. Paul's instructing, don't be anxious about everything, but in everything. With thanksgiving, by prayer, present your request to God and the peace of God will come over you. Do you know that when you take your anxieties, your fears to the Lord, you're transferring ownership? Saying, God, these are yours now. That means you don't concern yourself with those things anymore. Give those to God. That's what happens when we pray. When we seek the Lord, we give it to God. And so then walk away, clean. So I don't know, but I gave that to God. I'm seeking first the kingdom. That's what I'm doing. It reveals God's purpose in our lives. When we pray, when we seek, we begin to understand how we're designed, how we're created. When we, when we talk to God, when we come to God, and then when we listen, he reminds us of who we are and of whose we are. He speaks identity over us when we immerse ourselves in the words, the word of God. It gives us value. 
It empowers us to live supernaturally. It allows God to do through us what only he can do. You know, you know we're limited, right? Like, like we can only do so much. And so many of us have, have tried to do things on our own strength. And we just kind of reach the end of our rope and we reach exhaustion and, and, and burnout and all of these other things. But when we, when we allow the Lord to sustain us and to guide us and to tell us when to, when to forge ahead and when to press pause, he sustains us and, he, and, and eventually things happen in our lives and through us and the Lord just brings people and, and does things through us that only he could do, that only he could orchestrate. And we're just called to give glory to God in that. And so as Christians, little Christs, we're called to be people of prayer. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. How do you view prayer? Is it a Hail Mary? Is it coming to God with just kind of wants and needs and a checklist and a, hey, this is what I need from you today? All right, we're good, let's go. Are they just one-offs when trials come your way? Are we diligent? Are we prudent? Are we seeking? Are we active? Actively praying, actively seeking the Lord through this. Is our first response to things or is it just a last-ditch effort? You know, it's amazing to me, and there's, there's no shame here. How many professionals who speak for a living, and we say, hey, can you, can you pray? Can you give a prayer in public? Like, it's like shut down. I don't know what to say. I don't know if the right words, the right order of the words, if I'm going to mix something up and if I'm going to say something wrong. But if you've cultivated a life of prayer in your own personal life, and it's just the overflow. What's God speaking in your life right now? All right, read the room, pray into it, declare it, pray over it. That's what happens when we seek first the kingdom. You know, we're immersed in our work and we're immersed in all these other things and we're experts in these areas, right? And so it's like, hey, if I need to, I need to speak about it, I can do it. Well, what about God? What about the Lord? If, if, if his desire is for us to seek First, the kingdom and to be tethered to him in prayer. What if we become versed in the ways of God? So that way, when we're, when we're called upon, like, oh, yeah, I was just talking to him a little bit ago. Sure. Let's change our perspective, our approach, and how we look at it. Hey, my clock didn't start. Perfect. Excellent. And so this morning, said, first Sunday of the first week of the first month of the first year, an opportunity for us to fix our gaze on Christ, to start our year, clean slate, let's do this, right? And so here are four ways that I would just pray that you might consider this. And if, if what I've shared with you up until this point, it's like, okay, all right, you got me, it's appealing, 
I, I like the idea of it. If I begin with the end in mind, and I think of the end of my life, and I work my way backwards, I would want to be known. I would, I would like to have had a lifestyle of prayer, right? And a lifestyle of being near to the Father. And if I want to end my life that way, then yeah, okay, what do I need to do today? Because here's the thing. Just begin, we begin somewhere, right? In everything, in everything we learn, everything new, we begin somewhere. And so let's begin here today, together. And so here are just some ways that, that just, just some small steps that we can begin to pray. And here's what I want you to hear. I am going to present something and you take it to God. Is that okay? I'm going to present something, you pray about it. That's my role, that's your role, that's God's role. Sound good? And so first off, give God the first of your year with prayer and fasting. Would you consider that? If prayer is the lifeblood, then we begin with a unified concentration on prayer as a church, collectively. You came, you came in this morning, you received 21 days of prayer, okay? This is a place to start. This is a place for you for the next 21 days that if you say, okay, God, I'll give, my, I'll give my ways for you for the next 21 days to begin this year. Every single day has a thought, has even a prayer, a launching place for you, if you will. Say, so God, I want to commit my ways to you more fully. And listen, 21 days, this is corporately. We're doing this. So as you're doing this, you can know, you can be confident, hey, Others are praying too. Others are praying this today. Other people in our church, we're, we're walking through this together. And so, yeah, I'll join with brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray these things as well. Seek the Lord together as well. Prayer helps us see our circumstances through the lens of God. It gives us an eternal perspective. We allow, we begin to see our situations and our circumstances in light of who he is. Not that our circumstances are so huge and we just need God to come through at the last second, but we say, hey, I'm going to close this year in prayer. It's going to be my first response, and it's going, to, it's going to coat everything I do, every area, every relationship. In these next 21 days, think of it like a dietary supplement where you, where you begin, you know, I, I think of... Uh, you know, if you're deficient in iron, right, like someone's going to give you an iron supplement where uh, the, the doctor will, where it just kind of like jumpstarts the system and kind of jumpstarts you into, into okay, this, well, let's, let's get you back to where, where we desire for you to be, right? And over these next 21 days, if, if, if we just understand that this is just like, let's just, let's just consecrate ourselves fully here, together, collectively, to just get us, to, to just get us airborne to where we want to be with the Lord. And it's coupled with fasting. You know, fasting, all throughout Scripture, we see the people of God praying and fasting in certain seasons. And in fasting, we voluntarily abstain from, from food or, or drinks or uh, for, from other things in life for a specific period of time. And it's something that's deeply personal between you and the Lord. Fasting is foreign, I think, to us in the American culture because We've got freedoms and we've got food, right? Like just Jesus said, fine, just do it, right? But what fasting does is we allow, we willingly forego certain freedoms to say, God, I want to, instead of this, I want to hunger you more. I want to desire you more deeply. And you see, fasting breaks us down. 
in order to open us up to God. It breaks us down. It reminds us of whose we are. We pray the daily bread, right, in the Lord's Prayer. Fasting breaks us down and opens us up to God. So when I'm hungry, I say, God, I do this for you. I glorify your name. It directs our minds onto something else. You know, I didn't grow up fasting. I was never really challenged to, to fast. Um, until a couple years, well, over this last year, I just met with the weight of my circumstances. Over the last couple of years, I'd say. Growing family, more responsibilities, more things before me, people, expectations growing. And I got to a point where I said, God, I need you. I need you to take control over this. I need you to sustain me because I'm trying to, you know, those like whack-a-moles, right? And you're trying, but it's getting faster and faster and faster and faster, and you just can't keep up. It's, you just finally throw up your hands like, God, I just need to concentrate on you. I just need to focus on you. Would you multiply my time? Would you sustain me? Would you strengthen me for this season? And I tell you, coming out of seasons of fasting, there's just an, an increased heightened awareness of the Holy Spirit, of what the Lord's trying to, to do, what, what he is doing, and how we can partner with that. That's what happens. Breaks us down in order for us to be open to God. Cindy Tilly's going to be sharing tonight about her fast journey and in our prayer night tonight and our worship, worship night. I hope, I hope if you've written it off that you'd reconsider coming tonight because um, I think it will be impactful because this would be a launching, this, this will be a catalyzing night for us to launch into these next 21 days and my prayer is that this would become part of our culture, part of who we are, the ebbs and flows of life, that's something we can look back on. And I tell you what, last year, walked through actually a 90-day thing with, uh, of just, just extreme discipline and, and awareness of God. And I, I got to about Christmas time. And I was like, is it here yet? Like, I really want this back. All of the hustle and bustle and everything in life, I just really want this time to come again. And my prayer would be that, that maybe through this, that as we seek the Lord together, that we get to about November, December next year, it's going to be like, I'm ready for January to come. I'm ready for a reset. I'm ready to refix my eyes on Christ. And so tonight we begin that. Today we begin that. Number two. I'm in notes here. Would you seek to give God the first of your month? Tithes and offerings. Seek the Lord in this. Matthew 6 I love it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth but ma where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there, will your, there your heart will be also. You know Jesus talked about wealth and money like 15% of his ministry, like, over, like about a third of the parables are about it. Jesus knew where the idols were. He knew the things that were keeping us, his people, from him. You want to know why I pray and fast? 
because I got to stand before you and talk about this stuff. He knew what frustrated people. And, and, and I'm simply asking you to take it to God. Seems pretty direct in what Christ is asking us to do. Where does your treasure lie? What are the things you're invested in? What are the eternal, eternal ramifications of that? Are they things that, that moths and vermin destroy, or are they, are they things that will carry on? You are a product right now, seated here, of people who have invested in the kingdom. What will the next generation be? What will the next generation be like? For your grandchildren, for your children, for your great-grandchildren. Someone, someone went before you, afforded you the opportunity to hear this today. And so now it's up to us. How will we live into it this next year? Seek the Lord in that. Number three. Oh, one more. Well. Before we got married, Kristen and I decided ahead of time. Tithing is not a, a law, it's a principle. We decided before we got married, before we had all the finances, before we had all the obligations, we said, God, you're going to get 10% of our gross minimum. It's yours. That's my personal conviction. That's our conviction. The Sermon on the Mount, everything Jesus says, he elevates. He fulfills and he elevates. Right? I say, I say don't, you know, you've heard it said don't kill. I say, don't even think of somebody with anger. Why wouldn't he elevate this? Because he wants us to be more obedient to him. Because it, says, it shows obedience. And so, yeah, it's a sacrifice. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. Yeah, it takes us a little while longer to do some things. Yeah, I want a, I want a, I want a bigger, newer truck. I think it'd be awesome, and I could justify that. But guess what? Kristen looks hot in my old truck right now when she has to buy it or when she has to drive it because we've got three car seats, and they don't fit into my truck. And so I'm like, I'm like oh, well, I could justify having a bigger truck that fits three car seats, right, and, and all these other reasons. And, but no, some days I'm driving the minivan around because I'm toting kids, and, and she's driving my truck to work, and she didn't know I was going to call her hot up here today. It's hard until you remember the why. And then the decision's easy. It's just a sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. But it's one that we have decided to live into. Because, because of what, because, now listen, don't ask God if you don't want the answer. Okay? <laughs> so again, you take it to prayer. I'm just the messenger. I've done ministry long enough now to know. People get to their deathbed. They see their life in the rearview mirror. They really haven't met anybody that says, man, I wish I wouldn't have given so much to the kingdom. I wish I would have saved more of that. I wish I would have bought that house when I had the opportunity. That would have been fun. Because for some reason, at the end of your life, you come to the sobering reality of eternity that sets before you. And you reflect and you say, what did I do? 
My prayer is, Lord, help me to always live with the end in mind. Help me to always live each day with an eternal perspective. And so when I seek first the kingdom of God, I'm doing that. Seeking first the kingdom of God, I'm doing that. Number three, would you commit to God giving him the first of your week? Being faithful on the Sabbath, honoring him, the true Sabbath, and being faithful to his bride on that Sabbath, coming together with the people of God. I think so often the American church, we think of this as a commodity, right? And if there's nothing better, then I'm, you know, no other plans or, or whatever. Let me tell you, as a dad, I know, because this was modeled for me with my parents, I knew without a doubt to live in my house where the priorities were. I could do whatever I wanted to, no matter what, when Sunday came around, I knew my, I had an expectation for my parents where I would be. And it was just top, it's top tier, it's top priority. And guess what? It means saying no to good things. It says saying no to fun things. And I was frustrated. But guess where I'm at today? Every, and, and, and as we teach our kids these things, they know our values. They know, they know how we spend our time. They know where we spend our treasure. They know, they know what our priorities are. Because if I start telling them that we can, we can flake on church for all of these other things, then I say one thing and I'm doing another, right? And I, I try not to do that as a dad. I try to, I try to, to, to let my words carry weight. And so if, if I want this to be a priority, then it's got to be the priority. Then that means I have to actually sacrifice and they need to, they need to see me sacrificing a fun thing, a good thing, for a greater thing. Seeking first the kingdom means that. I'm simply proposing, take it to God. Where are your rhythms? What's your calendar look like? Man, it's quiet. <laughs> I'm passionate about this and I love you guys. So much. I just hope you hear that heart today, that these aren't rules. This is just a better way of life. This is a better way of life. And Sabbath reminds us, it forces us. Psalm 23, I love it. The good shepherd makes me lie down. Be still. Rest. Taste and see that I'm good. Recalibrate, refocus on me for the next six days. Last one. That you would give God the first of your day with the word and with worship, with prayer. I don't want you to leave here saying, well, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to measure up. I don't even know where to begin. 15 minutes. Five minutes in the word, five minutes in the worship, five minutes in prayer. This guide gets you there. It allows you, it jumpstarts you. There's a QR code to our playlist of all, this, all, of all the worship songs that we have here to get you there. Just start somewhere. It's not a matter of, of, of if, but, but who. Who do you allow, who do you give permission 
to give you your first thoughts of the day. Which app do you give permission to give your first thoughts of the day? Is it a news app? Is it a, a sports app? Is it, a, is it your emails? Is it your social media? Who are you giving permission to set the tone of your day? My prayer is simply that you would allow God that position. Give him, give him 15 minutes, start there, move on. It's my pastor's prayer to you today. That we would not be simply a church that prays, but that we would be a praying church. You see the difference? That it's our first response and not our last resort. That as a pastor, and I've watched, I've watched so many of you, you're just not people that pray, but you are a praying person, praying child of God. Could that be true of our church? That we're not just a church that prays, but we're praying people. Here's the thing. As you take it to the Lord, he's going to ask you to do difficult things. That's just part of it. It's part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Would our answer be yes before he asks? Would we go to him and say, God, break down the traditions, the hollowed out stuff of what I thought it was going to do, uh, my motivations, my reasons. May I make room for you to do what you want and truly give him room. And guess what? He calls us to do difficult things because he wants us to step down and to trust and to step into the unknown with him. Talk to Dave and Brittany about it. As they moved here, the transitions, the unsettledness. But they knew, they knew this was from the Lord and so they had peace. And there's still rhythms of just like their prayer is to purchase a home. They're just living in a, a state of, of unsettledness right now, but they know that they're being obedient to the Lord. Like, this way's better. So he asks us to do difficult things. It's difficult, but it's the best way. And I've stopped trying to fight something that I know God is doing. There's people in my life where it's like, but no, because I want something else. You're like, yeah, but we know this is, this is what the Lord's doing. This is where he's leading. I said, okay, if you have peace from the Lord and I know he's in this, absolutely. Then praise God. Because it's been taken to prayer. Over the past few months, Justin and Emily have sought the Lord. And it's become apparent to them that the Lord has been released, that they've been released from ministry here. They'll be moving on. They'll be transitioning into a new role. 
I think we all know transitions are inevitable. They're I'm learning the only consistent thing is change in life and transitions. So as we talk, as we pray together, like, is the Lord in this? Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not fun. So, but they sought the Lord. They'll be, uh, they'll be going to Lima Community. It's going to move into a discipleship role there. You know, don't minimize the impact that Napoleon, Ohio will have on that city. Destiny, we love you guys so much. And Emily, February 11th will be his last Sunday. You'll hear from him. He'll be up here a couple more times to, to preach and to share. We'll begin the transition process. As a church, how do we choose to respond? This gives us an opportunity to be a praying church. To be a church who just goes before the Lord. God, just show us what's next. I know our, our staff, our leadership board, we'll be doing that. We'll be seeking the Lord together in this time. We're going to honor you guys in the next weeks. Last February, we climbed a stinking mountain together. in Colorado. And it was so monumental because of what it signified. Because through this last year's transitions and everything happening, we just sought the Lord together and I've watched him. You want to look at these four points? The prayer, the fasting, the sacrificing, the going above and beyond in community, the giving, giving God your first You've modeled that. You live that. And so when the Lord speaks to you, say, okay, okay, God. Then we know that you'll provide too for us, right? So my prayer is that you begin praying over that with us. I believe the Lord will call another pastor here. Begin, begin working out in their lives. What does that look like? Make the, fertile, the, the soil fertile, ready to receive. I know this isn't a fun way to end. Here's the reality. Is in life we have trials. In life we have anxiety. In life we have fears. In life we have uncertainty. But I hope you weren't asleep when we are, when we are going to the Lord this morning. His ways are better, his ways are higher, that he knows and that we make room for him, that we seek the kingdom first. All of these other things will be added. I'm just going to give you a hug in a minute. I'm going to beat everybody.
be a praying people this year. Because guess what? There will be a lot of things that come your way this year. Will prayer be your first response or your last resort? Can we stand today? To be honest, I didn't know how to end today. But the, uh, the day's not over. I pray that you would have a hunger and if your schedule allows that you'd be here tonight. Seek the Lord together. Let's allow today to be a, a catalyzing day, day for our year. We pray first that we seek the Lord first. That we seek the kingdom above all things. And so, Father, we come before you. Lord, we're thankful. I'm reminded constantly, Lord, in my time with you, you just keep reminding me, Ben, I will build my church. You be obedient. I will build my church. You be obedient. And so, Lord, I pray that each of us here would just be willing vessels, obedient vessels, knowing that Sometimes you ask us to do difficult things, challenging things, to step out into the unknown. Lord, and I pray that you would give us the confidence to say yes before we know what you're asking of us. Lord, search our hearts for areas where we have not made you Lord of our life. Because you're not only Savior, but you're Lord of our life, Father. Would you be that this year for us? Lord, I pray over Justin and Emily as they transition, as they make that transition, Father. Lord, that they would end well, that they would begin well, that you would just take care of all the details, Father. Lord, for the grieving that's taking place, that will take place and continue to take place, Lord, would you use that for your glory? Would you use that to grow us, to refine us, into spiritual maturity. Lord, as we grieve, we pray the peace of God over this situation and over the hundreds of things we'll face this year as we seek first the kingdom of God this year. We pray these things, the power that's found in your son's work and death and life and resurrection on the cross. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Lord bless you. Keep you. I pray you be back tonight as we seek the Lord together. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 1030 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.